With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Happy Friday to all of you out there. Today is Trent and I are with you for the next couple of hours, uh, talking the world of sports, taking a look back at yesterday, a look ahead to tonight, and into the weekend as we are fortunate to have a couple more Game 7s on the docket, both of which will uh, be played on Sunday. Busy show coming up on the program today. We're going to talk to Tom Cakert on Iowa. We are going to speak with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports, a Big 12 site. We'll do that with Matt. He also... Um, moonlights, I guess, if you will, with the, does a lot of stuff with the Dallas Cowboys. So maybe a Cowboys question or two, uh, as well with Matt Postens. Emery Songer, who along with Sean Roberts will debut a new local program tomorrow morning at eight o'clock, eight to ten, the Saturday morning pregame show. Emery's going to join us about an hour from now to, uh, give us a little 411, what we can expect. I have heard, Trent, and good morning to you, as always. Good, good morning. To, talk to you. Um, that there's going to be a road, I'm not sure this is going to be the case tomorrow, but most weeks, a third voice, and that voice is going to be, they're going to rotate in different young wannabe talk show hosts. Oh, okay. Is that what you've heard? Did you hear that? Or am I, am I dreaming that? Or did I make no, that no. up? Or? Yeah. You talk to different people than me, so you got the inside I scoop there. I think that's what I heard. Yeah. It, uh, maybe, like again, I don't think that that's going to be the case tomorrow, but at some point, there's going to be um, another voice joining the guys on a weekly basis, and that voice is going to rotate. So anyways. Uh, but Emery's going to be here, and we'll talk to him at 11 o'clock. And then Joe O'Donnell, our final guest of the week. The Iowa Wilds are still playing. It's May the 10th, and they'll have Game 5 downtown uh, Des Moines tonight. Uh, pivotal Game 5. Look, uh, the, the home team has won every game in this series. Chicago won two in Chicago. Iowa comes home with an 0-2 deficit. Promptly won the next two. It is all tied up. Uh, it's an exciting series. And you know, I don't know what the number is. I would, I wish I, in fact, I think I will before, before we get to Joe, reach out to him and see if he knows what the, what the record crowd would be. Non opening night, mm-hmm. non promotional night, if you will. And I mean, I'm being, when I say promotion, I don't mean dollar beer. Right. I mean like promotion when uh, Pink in the Rink is the one we yeah. used yesterday or the teddy bear toss is usually popular, something like that. Um, I got a feeling Trent's going to be a really, really big crowd downtown tonight for this one. iCubs, uh, they don't get home till tomorrow. Barnstormers, they're, well, they can't share the building, so they uh, they play tomorrow at home. So we'll see. I think it's got a, a, a chance to be a lot of people. There. You know, and it feels like there is a lot of buzz just outside of hockey fans mm-hmm. or people, you know, that like the local sports. I've had a lot of people come up here over the last week, week and a half, say, yeah, I think I'm going to make it to a game or have made it to a game for the first time. I told you Wednesday is the first time mm-hmm. I've been there in a few years, and I know I'm not alone in that sentiment. Playoff hockey and just the time period here when locally, 
there just isn't a ton going on, right? It helps. It, Absolutely, it helps certainly does. with that. Look at the coverage they've got for yes. that very reason, Trent. There's no there's no college basketball. Nope. That's going to take uh, reporters away. And Spring they, football's over. Over, right? Um, it, it's it's easy at this point to in- inject hockey. Kind mm-hmm. look at they're in a Calder Cup for crying out loud, and a couple of ten wins away from be, from a championship. <laughs> look at that. Ten the wins. countdown. The countdown is on. Hey, can I pick a nit? Sure. Just you know. It's almost, and I hate to say this because I love the newspaper. Is this get off my long, grumpy old yeah, man over kinda here? Yeah, kind of a little bit. Okay. I just, you know, it's almost like Zach Krieglow, who's the sports editor over there. And I, I don't like the guy, full disclosure. Um, it's almost like he's quit trying. You know, here's, here's Friday's paper. And yes, I'm still a dinosaur and get the paper at my front door. I know they're not going to get the result of Wednesday's game and Thursday's paper. Yeah. But it's online right after, right? I think Danny Lawton's the guy. I don't know Danny Lawton at all. No. Um, Danny Lawton's the guy that's, that's, uh, covering the, covering the wild, uh, in their, in their playoff run here, at least the home games. Um, but if the story of the recap of Wednesday's game was online, Wednesday night, all day Thursday. What would you do if you're the sports editor at the Des Moines Register? Would you, in today's Friday's paper, run the game story from Wednesday night, or would you ask Danny Lawton maybe to go down to practice yesterday and get a couple of quotes and do a preview of a pivotal Game 5? It seems pretty easy to me, Trent. I I would do the latter, and... I'd still put the box score maybe in there and maybe a, okay, a, yeah. a two-paragraph game or something like that. In that aggregate page where they list yes. the probable pitchers. I mean, the box scores are hit and miss. They're a couple of days behind. That's the world we live in now, right? I it get is. that. Yep. That's, I, I get it, sadly, but that's the that's the cards we were dealt in this industry. I, I hate I hate criticism because there's good people that work there. Absolutely. There is good people that work there. Guys that really try. This guy's not one of them. He's just not one of them. It's bare bones. It is... Editors have been cut. But that's lazy, though, Trent. That's flat-out lazy. That's like he's almost waving the flag. Saying, we can't compete? Yeah, go online, folks. You know what? I don't want you to get the paper at your door anymore. Catch up with 2019. Read it online. I thought I would be the last person to get the paper. I'm not going to be. There was a long-form article that came out recently. I want to say over the last week. Our, Our friends over at Halo is where I saw it linked at. And it dealt with... The political news department, though, at the Register, but about the Des Moines Register and uh-huh. its importance and, and the people and the writers there. Oh, I saw that thread. I never clicked on it because when I see political, it doesn't affect me. <laughs> right. Click. <laughs> I think you would really enjoy the piece. It's incredibly long. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to have to dig out some time to get through it, but it talks about the subscriber base to the Register as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, it's not just about newspapers in general. It's about the Des Moines Register and also the impact that it has, and it gets into some politics and Trump and some of the people from the Des Moines Register that he called names in the past. But I think you, being a newspaper guy like you would, would find it really interesting. And just the sheer numbers, not just the subscriber numbers, which we obviously know continue to fall, but coupled with just the bare-bones operation that they're mm-hmm. working at now compared to what they were not just 10 years ago, but you go 20, 30 years ago. I mean, it's a, di- a completely it different world. It is. Airplanes are a perfect example of it. You don't see one person read the newspaper on the plane. And if you do, it's like, ooh, there's an old dude. I'll get the USA Today from time to time. Yeah, I, uh, I, 
I mean, you, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, this you'd be outside every hotel room door. You remember those days? Oh, yes. Every place you stayed, you knew that you would be a, a, a USA at your door in the morning. But that's been a long time ago, and that was, it's never coming back. The Friday USA Today for me was the Bible. When I started mm, doing especially sports in talk football. 15 years ago, mm-hmm. I mean, from that first Saturday, college football Saturday all the way through, I had to, and even though I was a poor college student, I had to get pay the buck to get that USA Today. Absolutely. Because it had everything. And, and, and I was online, and it's still, but but that, even then, 15 years ago, completely different. No, it, it really That has. was the Friday Bible, though, for what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you not only get the lines, but you get little nuggets. You get the game preview, where the game is, what television station, all those different things. It was all right there, and now anymore... I'll just go online again. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, anyways, um, you know, the, Tommy, Randy, Chad, Mark Emmerich, uh, this isn't against you. <laughs> Your boss just seems like he's waved the white flag. Anyway, but I know what's coming. When Terrell gets convicted, my picture will be there with him. Ah, yeah. that's, the, that's, that's the way it gets even with me. Uh, anyways, uh, we move on. Let's get into sports. And you know where I want to start? I think the biggest story, certainly the biggest local story yesterday uh, the basketball was, was wasn't good, but we, we got a couple of game sevens out of it. The hockey was a pretty good game last night. Yeah. But I want to talk about you, Darvish, and, and the Chicago Cubs because Trent, if you took a look at the box score and you saw ninety-seven pitches and what was it, seven strikeouts and one walk, and uh, was the run earned that he gave up yesterday? Uh, yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was, uh, and and one earned run. That's pretty good. But when you factor in that he walks six guys, you take a little bit closer look at you Darvish's performance. Once again, he can't get out of the fourth inning. He can't get out of the fourth inning. 97 pitches. That's It's frustrating, and I'm not a diehard Cubs fan. Here's my Cubs fandom. I like the Cubs because I like what they do for us. Mm-hmm. And it's better when they're relevant because it's a whole lot easier to talk baseball, and the Cubs move the needle in this market. You Darvish... I think the Cubs are on the precipice of making a very difficult decision. And that's, as you mentioned yesterday, you gave us the right number, $126 million. Now, they don't owe them all of that still, but they owe them a significant chunk of that. I mean, how much longer can you keep going to this guy? Now, luckily, Montgomery came in and took the rest, did the rest. He pitched the final five innings. You're getting set to play a three-game set against the Brew Crew. The last thing Madden wanted to do was go deep in that bullpen Mm -hmm. and to start having to really tax that on the cusp of a pretty important three-game set. Uh, Montgomery did this team a solid yesterday, but can he be counted on to do that every time Darvish starts? 97 pitches for Darvish, as you mentioned, through four innings. Five innings for Montgomery. Took him 71. Mm -hmm. This has been the mantra for you, Darvish. We, We touched on it a little bit yesterday. The guy that nibbles, plays oh. on the edges, and he's going to throw a lot of pitches. Darvish threw, of his 97 p- pitches, 50 of them were strikes. That's 47. 50 and 47. 50 strikes, 47 balls. That is not the ratio you're looking for. No. And I think you set it up there perfectly, Ken. When you go through and you have a series like this, but this isn't just about this series against Milwaukee, a series in the early parts of May. Going forward, every single game, you know, your bullpen is going to be taxed in some way when you Darvish is out there. And you look up and down, though the pitching staff has been really good. I mean, here as of late, you're, you're feeling good. Hedricks is not a guy that you anticipate is going to go out there every time and get you 110 pitches, right? Yeah, he's been good lately. But he yeah, really I agree has. with you, and so is Contan, and can we expect that? We'll find out today with him, by the Lester, way. Lester, at this point of his career, uh-huh. do you want to have those mm-hmm. kind of outings where he's throwing 110, 120? No. Mm-hmm. 
Jose Quintana, maybe. Mm-hmm. He would be the guy maybe you feel most comfortable, I think, at that level. But overall, you don't have that workhorse. You don't have that guy. You don't have Max Scherzer. Yeah, Lester, it's not... Well, look, at John Lester's still a warrior. Yes, he's still But really I get good. your point. I get your point. You don't have the guy that you know every fifth day, we need it, we can get mm-hmm. 115, 120 mm-hmm. out of him. You don't have that guy in this rotation. So that taxes the bullpen. But then also one of these guys is you Darvish. Where you know, second, third, fourth, maybe fifth inning is what he's going to get you through. Yeah. That's it. That's what you're hoping for at and this point. now you know every fifth day... What are we going to do? That leads to a lot more taxing in the bullpen. And as we've looked at really this first month, I think this this month plus of baseball, the biggest thing that that's jumped We're out. Quarter to me, way through the season, by yeah, the way, is everybody seemingly everybody he's bullpen help. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody in some fashion feels. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the race, you're going to be looking for bullpen help. Everybody's going to be point. going that way, yep. and it's going to be what is the price you're going to have to take if there's eight, ten, twelve, fourteen teams that are looking for bullpen help, and you're one of the bottom teams that are looking to sell, you're going to be able to have some leverage here. But you have to be able to do that because the way bullpens are used in general now, you have to have a lot more arms than he wants to. Coupled with a rotation like the Cubs, it's a concern. And that's that's been my one throughout this, even as they had the best record over the last month of the year, of the season, is the Cubs. What, the, what have they won? Nine straight series now, I think I heard Len right. say at the end of the broadcast yesterday. Are they like 23 and 8, something like that, I think was the number mm. that I saw yesterday since April 8th. Wow. Right in that range. But that lingering concern. Now you got a new closer. C Sheck's going to be the guy, I guess. I I think it's still by committee. I think you got to yeah. get Strope. I mean, Strope. He's on the IL, though. Oh. Yeah. I didn't. Well, then it's Cishek. I just. Yeah. When did that happen? Yesterday, I think, okay. but right before the game. All right. So and for how long? And is it a concern with him? Is I don't it... think it's a long term okay. thing. But it's like a seven day. Yeah. Okay. So he'll be back. So Cishek, yeah. yes, he'll be the guy. He'll be the guy. So again, you're moving everybody up a roll. I just think they need more arms, and and they need Carl Edwards. By the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't get carried away, but both right? of his both of his outings since he's got the call, and maybe that's the start of it. Mm-hmm. But that is still the lingering concern. Bryant is mashing. Yeah, so is Rizzo. Rizzo. How about off the knee? Unbelievable. Uh, Trent, his 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 right knee was on the ground. Pop. Unreal. Gone. Yeah, and Bryant, you said it. Bryant, a uh, new handle on his back. He looks like Chris Bryant. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news is, is he looks like Chris Bryant. The bad news is you thought maybe you were going to get a little bit of a break when it comes to re-upping him because, yeah, what we thought we were going to have to pay him when Scott Boris was going to bring to the uh, bring to the bargaining table, uh, he doesn't have that leverage because he's not really putting, well, he is. Yes. Um, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's a good thing is what it is. It's a good thing. No getting around it. Cardinals brought the bats yesterday. I saw that. Uh, I didn't watch. I was watching hockey and uh, hockey and basketball last night. So I didn't. I, did you watch any of it? Little bit. Just boy, they are crushing the baseball, aren't they? Ozuna. Yes. Seemingly every time he's got a runner in scoring mm-hmm. position, he comes up big. Mm-hmm. He's showing his pot. Ozuna, he has had Yelich, and Stanton. Yeah. Yes. I don't know how my Miami Marlins fans <laughs> can continue to support that team. Trent, that outfield that they had. Oh my God. Pretty nice start, huh? Oh, my God. Building block if you're looking to be a contender. And it's not like in the National League East, at least this year, you'd have to be great Yeah, be up there at the top. The Phillies lead. They've been okay. Mm-hmm. Just about that. Yeah, that, that's got to be just head-scratching. <laughs> Luckily, outside of the guy, Marlins fan, that wears the orange jersey to all the yeah, games. But he doesn't go to the games. He goes to other games now. Right. Didn't He had a fight with Jeter last year. Remember at the beginning? Oh. They weren't going to renew his season tickets or something. He got in a tiff. With and and I'm it's great. I'm glad you brought it up because 
You know, it's an old story, maybe. But why would you piss him off? <laughs> right, right. Right. He's your best ambassador. The biggest. I mean, it, it is a viability for your Marlins band. Yes. There is, he has a, a name. Mm-hmm. People know him across the I think he was at Wrigley. Well, he's at Wrigley Field within the last week. I think it was last Sunday night he was at Wrigley for, for Sunday okay. Night Baseball. And by the way, Sunday Night Baseball will be back there again. And the Brewers and the Cubs are going to be part of our Claxons giveaway at about 1145. Where was I going? Marlins man. Well, Marlins man. Just, you, you don't do that. No, and, I'm with you. Yeah, regardless. Luckily, there aren't many Marlins fans. No, there that's aren't. Where I was going. That's that's a good point. There's about nine thousand of them. All right, b- basketball last night. So, um, did you? Did the Sixers? Did the Sixers do go back to being you know what they do, or did the Raptors just not show up? Was this more of the Raptors not showing up, or when the Sixers play really well, look out? And Embiid had a terrific third quarter. Uh, here was his numbers last night, but more than just Joel Embiid. We'll get to we'll get to Simmons in a minute. Seventeen and twelve out of Embiid last night mm-hmm. uh, in thirty six minutes. I think he was one for eight at one point, but he was doing the other things and then found, started to find his shot a little bit in the uh, in the third quarter. Ben Simmons, Trent. I mean, he only missed four. There's thirteen shots that he took. This is the Ben Simmons that the Sixer fans need night in and night out. His assists were there. Six assists, no turnover. He's a six foot ten air quote point guard um because that's the position that's the role that he's playing right now they need if this ben simmons continues to show up this uh sixers team not only going to beat the raptors but i think they're going to give the bucks everything that they want did it feel like to you this is what my takeaway is ben simmons seemed a lot more engaged he was last night right from the get absolutely was that that he was locked in Mm -hmm. he was ready to go and they're he could be Harris bit, was too early. Yeah, cooled yes. off a little bit. Yeah, Harris and Simmons got really good starts, and Simmons kept it going. Is he aloof? Would that be a good characterization of him? Because hmm. there's just times I I want to reach through the TV set and wring yeah. his neck. You know, it's just come on, wake up! Yeah. You're incredibly talented, and just like uh, man, yeah. The same thing at LSU. Eh, we got a crappy coach, and the well, I think he was at fit. LSU because he had to go to school for a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he wasn't, right. and as soon as it started to go south, it went really south. Right, he wasn't right. engaged, but there's just something about his personality. He's young, maybe still, maybe still got time to um, to mature a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good question. It's a fair question. You know, what is he? If, if this is the guy, if he plays like he did last night, this team's going to be a pain in the ass. I wonder if he is more an Andrew Wiggins that has that same kind of just, personality. Yeah, mm-hmm. and personality that's type is that's a good one. Does he? He's not Michael Jordan. He doesn't have that killer, the killer instinct. Kobe, no. uh, uh-uh. uh, had that. Uh huh. There are certain guys that don't. Mm-hmm. Very quiet. Yes. Yep. No, Kawhi though his personality is different. Kawhi's got that. Kawhi's got more of a killer instinct to yes. his game. Although Embiid took a couple, swatted a couple <laughs> of his away last night. Whew, boy, Embiid was good. This is why that earlier in the week when I talked, we had that conversation about the three most unstoppable guys in the game. I put Embiid on that list. And, you know, the next couple of nights made me look really, really bad, which isn't tough to do. Right. But but then last night you watched that the second half of Joel Embiid last night. That's what I see. I mean, good luck stopping him. He's getting to the boy. He's getting to the basket when he wants. And when Simmons is going and mm-hmm. Embiid's rolling and, and buckets Butler's was good and on and on and on, good team. Trying to get game seven though. Ah, uh, they're big. They're five and a half point favorite uh, to get game seven. Denver's favored by five and a half. That surprised me. It's too many. I think it is too. 
Those, Every time uh, we said that in the playoffs, though, we've been wrong. No, I know. Those two game, um, those two games, seven, will be part of Claxons as well. We're also going to do the Wild and the Wolves to give you a little heads up as to what we're going to do at 1145 when we give away Claxons Barbecue, 8th Street in Altoona, 3131, 8th Street in Altoona, a $35 gift certificate and then 25 but not now, 1145-ish for that. All right, Tom Cakert is coming up. We'll talk Hawks and Big Ten with Tom Cakert, Big 12 with Matt Post. At uh, 1045, Emery Songer, Saturday morning pregame with Sean Roberts tomorrow at uh, 11. That'll be a Saturday morning staple going forward from 8 until 10. But Emery Songer will join us at 11, and then Joe O'Donnell, Trent, and I will pass the puck around as we get set to. I uh, have Game 5 in downtown. Right now, it's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword COIN to 200-200 right now. That's your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's COIN to 200-200 standard message and data rate supply. Be Big- like Cody. Cody like, yesterday. Yeah, Cody from Kellogg. Yes. Good for him. That audio was terrific, too, by the way. He was pumped up. He was pumped up. It's a thousand bucks. Who wouldn't Who would, be pumped up, right? All you got to do is text in. And you can win, and we're glad. Because WHO had a winner a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah, Kiss had one, I know. Oh, Kiss did, too. I didn't yeah. see that I think email. in back-to-back days. Wow. Well, glad that KXNO let's has take joined the, the Let's fray. take the leaderboard. What do you say? I'm all for it, folks. Yes. I'm all for it. You've got plenty of opportunities. Another one with us, two with Murph and Andy, and two with the Fanatics this afternoon during Afternoon Drive. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Clay and a guy and a half on step. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Tom Caker momentarily. Matt Poston's on the Big 12 in about 15 minutes. Randy Peterson with a little scoopage. Oh. Des Moines Register.com. Petey just tweeted out, Tom, good to talk to you. I hope you can hear me when I, what I say yeah. here. And, um, Look for Cyhawk football to be on a Fox network, likely FS1 per a knowledgeable source. Nothing yet on a starting time. Doesn't disrupt the game day possibility. Last year's Michigan-Ohio State game on Fox was game day. So, we now know the network. We don't know the kickoff time. Does that smell like a... I don't know, Tom. What do you think? FS1, does does it matter if it's FS1? Would that be 6 o'clock? What do you think? When are they going to kick the state's biggest game? Uh, I think it probably rules out the 11 a.m. the dreaded 11 a.m. right off. right i think it, i think that that's off the table i would suspect that it's going to be a at the very least you know a mid to late afternoon mm-hmm. or an or an evening kickoff um i don't think iowa state has opposed tonight games as university of iowa seems to be most of the time but um i have a feeling the whole summer we're going to be spent uh obsessing about whether the Skyhawk game will be the the choice for game day this year. No, it's going to be a talker, no doubt about it. And I'm on the bandwagon. I think it makes sense. I've, we, Trent and I have gone down the other games that potentially could keep game day away from Ames. Look, both teams are going to be top 25. Both teams have you know, pretty good stories to tell. It's the biggest game in our state not maybe that that moves the needle but there's just not a lot of competition out there oklahoma ucla maybe it um 
But we'll see. So when do you think Tom will start? Because it's usually May that we don't get them all, but we at least get to fill in a couple of blanks regarding kick times. Yeah. Last year was a little bit different, though, because of the new TV contract. And it just seemed like everybody, uh, all the networks were just like, ah, we're just going to wait for the 12, 12 day window. So do the homecoming games and those will all be at 11 o'clock, at least from an Iowa perspective. We already know that. Um, but after that, I kind of think they're just all going to be, you know, they'll get the non-cons out of the way, get those figured out. But the conference games, I'm guessing it's just going to be wait until 12 days ahead of time. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of that. Possibility, certainly, night game for Penn State when they come in, and that'll be a waiting window and see how Iowa and Penn State certainly start off the year. Week two this year is where the Big Ten starts for Iowa as Rutgers comes to town. I just have a sneaking suspicion. Isn't that hollering BTN 6 o'clock start time? Yes. Yeah, I would think so. They're going to try and put one of their conference games on, and I think that's kind of been um, why they're, exploring some of those early season uh, conference games that, it, that they want to uh, get that primetime window filled with the conference game. So that's, that would be my guess, is that Iowa Rutgers, ETN, 6 p.m. Hmm. And, and Fox's guys, just to go back to Fox for a second, their afternoon game, isn't it 3 o'clock? I'm pretty yeah. sure there are 3 o'clock, uh, their window's 3. So if it is Big Fox, that would make sense for that one, but... Oh, who knows? Game day is going to Syracuse that weekend. Yeah, anyway. Syracuse, Clemson. I don't. I know you've been. You're on that bandwagon. Bigger uh, national story. It actually has is more it than though? just. Yeah, I mean Clemson for sure because Clemson. Right, Syracuse is a top twenty. Couldn't team. they? Couldn't they? I mean, Clemson's going to be a big national story every week. But if you're going for the angle, go somewhere we've never been before. Have they not been to Syracuse? They've never been to Syracuse. Oh, I didn't know that. There's another one. And and oh. how many suits how many suits at ESPN are Syracuse grads? Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> your your excitement is uh, certainly yeah, going down. Waning over there. A little. I didn't realize they hadn't been to Syracuse. Well, one of that's... the eleven power of conference teams mm. they'd ever been to. That changes things just a tad. Well, if Clemson gets beaten week one well, then then <laughs> yeah. we'll change. Yeah, I'm guessing that's not gonna happen. Uh, uh, no doubt about that. Tom, what uh, what can you tell us uh, recruiting well let me ask you first about Isaiah Moss. We know he's not gonna be a hawkeye, but you've seen the list of schools that are showing interest, which doesn't mean they've made an offer. But they're interested in some shape, form, or fashion. Does one of the schools that was on that list make more sense than the other? Boy, I, I'll tell you, um, it would drive Iowa fans nuts uh-huh. if you went to any one of the three schools that uh, they're going to. Uh, well, actually, they're going to play four of them, but three of them in particular, Illinois, Minnesota, and Iowa State, it would drive Iowa fans crazy. Um, but I would guess Arkansas probably would be maybe the most logical choice for him just because he's already going to go visit there and they seem to be the most interested. They've got roster openings. Cincinnati might make some sense too. Um, just uh, I don't know what uh, Cumberland's going to end up doing, but they, they have some openings for playing time, a new coach. So uh, I, I just don't, uh, the Illinois thing just baffles me because they're, kind of stacked up at the guard position and Isaiah wants more of an opportunity, mm. probably not going to get it at Illinois, I don't think. And and Minnesota, it might be dependent on what happens with Coffee and if he comes back or if he stays in the draft. 
Certainly. And that's May 29th, right? That, that's the de- drop-dead deadline for these kids to declare one way or another, stay in, back to school, 29th? Yeah, for most of them. If they got invited to the combine, they can they can now go through the entire draft, and if they don't get picked, they can come back. Tom, it, it certainly felt like that list of schools that John Rothstein tweeted out yesterday, there was more to it, that this is a list of, I'm going to get back at Iowa. It, it, am I reading too much mm. into this? It was there. Uh, I mean, what, what, was this Isaiah I know, Illinois, I know Illinois had some genuine interest in him. Okay. Um, so I, I, I do know that that's been out there for a while. The whole thing's just kind of strange to yes. me. It's just, uh, but I think he wants to stay closer to home. You know, initially you kind of heard that maybe he was going to go to Kind of one of the Chicago schools, not Northwestern, but you know, DePaul, UIC, somebody like Loyola, Loyola, yeah, like that. But um, but now it seems like maybe some bigger schools are at least kicking the tires on him. Um, yeah, that, that it's it's strange because I was in that. I would think, or I would hope, Fran is kind of kicking around the idea of of bringing in a a, a guard like Isaiah to replace Isaiah, and, uh, you know, you see that there's a, a real thirst for that for uh, around college basketball right now for some programs. Yeah, a perfect fit for Isaiah Moss would be Iowa, but uh, alas, that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, Tom, this roster as a whole as it's currently constructed, put together, you mentioned kicking the tires, maybe a grad transfer, a two-guard, something like that. If that doesn't happen, if they don't bring anybody in, that can help for next season. Lineup-wise, what do they do? You have a hole at the two-guard. Do you make Wieskamp be the two-guard, play Bohannon at the point, you mow Bohannon off the ball and play either McCaffrey there or you go with the freshman Joe Toussaint? How does this team look if they are what the roster currently is? I think that's really the, the hole that, that exists. They, they didn't um, you know, couple it with Macy being gone because Macy could have filled in that, that spot. But losing Macy and uh, Moss, really leaves a, a kind of a spot there. Um, they can make up for what Cook, what they lose with Cook because it, it won't be the same kind of player, but I think production-wise and, and what they're able to do, Pemsel and Nunji can do that, and you've got the post-duo of Garza and uh, Kreener. But at 3-1, to one, I mean, it's just you think Wieskamp's at the 3 C.J. Frederick, uh, Fran was singing his praises uh, at, at in Columbus. Uh, says he's terrific and really good, and some of the players were saying the same thing. Uh, so maybe he steps in there, and you can keep Bohannon at the at the one. But then you've got to slide. I, I think they'll be more apt to slide Bohannon over to the two and play Connor or Toussaint at the one uh, to fill in some of that those gaps. But I, I still think he's, he really needs to look at a shooting guard for a mm. grad transfer, just somebody who can give some minutes there. Mm. Tom, uh, my last thing for you, uh, give us an update. Hawkeye baseball continues on. Heller's bunch, uh, pretty hot uh, as of late is uh, what I've been following. Don't follow it real close, but this is going to be a team that's uh, got a little postseason in their future by the sounds of things, right? Yeah, I think so. They, um, uh, they're they on the cusp of uh six straight seasons of at least 30 wins. And last time they did that was the early 80s. So it's uh, it's been really impressive what Rick's done. Uh, he loses his Saturday starter, loses uh, his uh, 
senior leader, uh, second baseman, uh, at least recently, and uh, Mitchell Bow may end up being back uh, soon. But uh, he's just just a great coach, and and they've got a, a series that they could potentially sweep this weekend uh, against Michigan State, who's five and twelve, so they could move up to maybe second place in the conference standings headed into the final week of the season, and and most of the projections have them in. Uh, the uh, NCAA tournament, even without winning the Big Ten. Very important, though, for them. Michigan State's not very good. Maryland is yeah. okay at best in their midweek game next week with Western Illinois. At this time, playing bad teams, you can't afford to stub your toe. So 5-2, and two, four and 4-3 certainly at minimum, and then, what, they probably have work to do in the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, I would think they've probably got to win at least five games in the next two weeks, uh, maybe six, uh, because... Michigan State's just not good. Maryland, it's on the road. They're competitive. Uh, but that midweek game, they can't afford to stub their toe at, uh, against a pretty average uh, Western Illinois team. Hmm. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, thank you. We will uh, talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. All right, we're going to switch gears. We'll do the Big 12 next with Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. The little Cowboys as well as he covers the Cowboys. Wears a lot of hats, a lot of writing over there. Uh, c- covers the uh, the Mavericks. Really? Yes, done some Maverick stuff. He got called in to do that. He's based in Dallas, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports next. Emery Songer. Sean Roberts, Emery Songer. That's right. Saturday morning pregame show debuts tomorrow morning from 8 until 10. There's a local show uh, coming your way starting tomorrow. Look forward to that. Uh, Takedown Wrestling, who's been on Saturday morning forever. They moved to Sunday along with Pit Pat's Radio. Okay. It's very popular. Uh, Scott Casper still involved with that. Mm-hmm. Their Sunday mornings as well. All right, we'll take a time out. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to kxno.com to learn more. From fourteen sixty KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you until noon, coming up at 11 o'clock. Emery Songer will join us at 1120. Joe O'Donnell, Trent, and I will preview game number five. Calder Cup playoffs continue on. Uh, the uh, wild two games away from a semifinal berth. Uh, but... So Chicago, when you look at it that way. Sure. Uh, let's get Matt Postens in here. He covers the Dallas Cowboys for 24-7 sports. Also, uh, Heartland College Sports, we pick his brain a lot when it comes to the Big 12. We're fortunate to have Matt back with us. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How you been, Matt Postens? Yeah, I've been all right, guys. I've uh, been traveling a lot. Uh, actually, in Michigan today, uh, I was here on business. I get to luckily spend the weekend with my mom for Mother's Day. So, oh, very out. nice. Indeed. Indeed it did. And mom will be happy, and um, so will you. So that's that's good stuff right there. Well, you know what? Well, let's do Cowboys first before we get into the Big 12. Um, you know, Dallas, as we know, didn't have a first-round pick. That went to the Oakland Raiders, but they got a pretty good guy back in Amari Cooper uh, in, in uh, uh, the result of that trade. So a second-round pick, they had to wait a while before the draft came to them. But when you took a look what uh, they were able to do, did um, would Cowboy fans consider this a successful haul despite the fact that they didn't have a first round pick uh i think people that know football felt like this was a respectable draft for them i think 
Cowboys fans to a certain degree were less than enthused about it. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that they didn't have a first round pick. Uh, you know, the kid they picked up in the second round, Tristan Hill, uh, he has the ability to be a starter in the NFL one day uh, as a defensive lineman, uh, specifically an interior defensive lineman. And as you, as I saw what the Cowboys did, they were being more specific about the types of players they were picking. You know, they've, they've handed extensions to a couple of players, a couple of big extensions. They still have to sign Amari uh, Cooper, Dak Prescott, and Ezekiel Elliott. And they have the cap space to do that. I, I see stuff out there all the time saying the Cowboys have to make a decision about one or two of these guys. They don't. They have all the cap space they need to extend all three of these guys. So their draft was very specific. There are some positions they're going to have to start turning over in the next few years. And those are, those are positions like defensive line, safety, uh, and even, even running back, not necessarily Zeke, but what's behind him. So getting Tristan Hill gives them the opportunity to maybe part ways with a couple of defensive tackles next year if, if Hill develops into the type of player they hope he'll be. They picked up a couple of safeties uh, that could potentially push some of those guys out once their contracts are up. Uh, they picked up those two running backs, uh, Mike Weber from Ohio State, mm-hmm. who's really kind of a zeke light type of player. Uh, runs between the tackles, bounces off of guys, really knows how to run over guys. And then they picked up the kid from Memphis, and uh, Tony Pollard. And this guy is a jack-of-all-trades. He can do anything. He runs a 4-3-40. I, I want to see formations for the Cowboys where they put him on the field with Amari Cooper, Jason Witten, um, Ezekiel Elliott, and one other receiver, and just make defenses pick what you're going to have to try and, and stop uh, on that particular play. You know, Pollard can run, receive, return kicks, return punts. Uh, he can be the kind of player I think they were hoping Ryan Switzer would be a few years ago. They just got to give him the opportunity to do it. So there's going to be a lot of consternation whenever the contract extension comes out for Dak Prescott that it's too expensive. It's what quarterbacks are yeah. going for now. But you know there will be plenty of articles written about it. Get out in front of this one, and whatever that contract turns out to be, why it will be a good thing for the Cowboys. Well, I think the first thing is it gives you cost certainty. They have a lot of they have a lot of cap space over the next few years. The Romo contract has come off the books. The Des Bryant cap hit has come off the books. They really don't have any dead money right now, and that's not a situation that they've been in every year. The dead money that they have is very minuscule. So they've got the room to do it. This is what the market will bear. Is, is Dak Prescott an elite quarterback? No, I don't think anybody looks at him as an elite quarterback. But he's an extremely good quarterback who has had winning seasons each of his first three years, who has led the team to two divisional titles in three years. You know, this is what the market's going to bear. And the Cowboys are probably going to write the contract in a way in which it's going to be friendly to them and friendly to Dak. I would expect a lot of upfront money, uh, a lot of bonus money, but a lot of base salary. So it allows them to kind of modulate, you know, how that uh, contract is going to hit their cap every year. So, yeah, people are going to be up in arms about it. And, you know, just because they're like, and I think it's because of the standard. Cowboys haven't been to a Super Bowl in two decades. You know, Romo couldn't get them there. What makes you think Dak Prescott's going to do it? I posed this question on Twitter a couple of days ago, and I got no answer for it. So if you don't want to extend Dak Prescott, if you want to let him go in free agency, okay, fine. What is your plan after that? Mm. <laughs> there yeah. is no plan yeah. after yeah. that. Yeah. You know, Mike White and, and, um, Oh, gosh. Uh, Rush. Cooper Rush are the backups right now. Oh. I would actually uh, make the case that the Cowboys should go out and find a better yes. backup to back up Dak Prescott in case he gets hurt. But Dak is their guy. They've made that clear. 
your own your only two plans if you let that Prescott go and uh, without an extension next year is a you got to find a veteran that probably isn't going to be an elite player, you know, trade for an elite quarterback and nobody gives up an elite quarterback in this league or draft a new guy and then you've got to start all over again. And I don't think any of those uh, uh, options are tenable with the Cowboys. So yeah, he'll get the extension, he'll get paid uh, probably more than he's worth in relative terms to what he has done in the NFL to this point. But at the same time, that's what the market bears, and that's what his agent's going to get him. And, and ultimately, I think in the long run, with the cost certainty and the way Dak plays and the way that team is constructed, they can still be a very good team year after year, and he can put up very good numbers and help get them to where they want to be. Uh, Matt Postens is our guest. Matt, I want to get into the Big 12. You know, the more I start to look, uh, get uh, myself prepared for college football or reacquainted, I guess, with college football. Going through the quarterbacks in this conference this year, you know, Hurts and Ellinger and Purdy, uh, Baldwin, Ohio State transfer TCU. I know he still needs to get the eligibility, but that's been seemingly uh, easier, certainly, than it's been in a number of years. Brewer at Baylor, Bowman at Texas Tech. Quarterbacks in this league maybe was down a little bit last year, although we've met the Heisman winners, we recall. Uh, but there's a lot of depth at the quarterback position in the Big 12 Conference this year is where I'm going. Yeah, I think when we looked at this in January, I think we had some, some holes, some question marks. You know, the, the Robinson kid from TCU had just transferred. Um, I think there were a couple of other schools where we just weren't sure what was going on in terms of their quarterback situation. But when you look at how things have settled in the spring, I think there's some real potential uh, for guys to put up some really, really good numbers in this conference and, you know, continue to kind of, you know, reach that level of quality that we've seen in the, in the uh, quarterback position the past few years. I'm really interested to see what Kansas does because they've got, uh, they've brought in some pieces. By no means are they, um, have they figured out who their quarterback is going to be, but they've brought in some really interesting pieces at that position. They're going to spend the fall figuring it out. But yeah. Uh, I really like the potential that Bowman has at Texas Tech, even mm-hmm. though they are making some tweaks to that offense. I saw Utah State play, play last year, and that's where uh, Matt Wells came from, mm-hmm. and he brought his offensive coordinator, and he brought his defensive coordinator. They don't do a lot of things that are different from what Texas Tech was doing. They're going to run the ball probably a little bit more than Tech did last year in Kingsbury, but I think that's going to make Bowman's job a lot easier, and I think it's going to allow him to really – uh, blossom as a quarterback. I, I think he's the guy who has the potential to make the biggest jump relative to where they were last year to this year. If it isn't Oklahoma versus Texas for the Big 12 title and a rematch of the Red River shootout, who else gets in there opposite one of the other two teams more than likely? Uh, I, I would look at Iowa State, first of all, mm-hmm. you know, just because they've got the consistency at quarterback with Purdy. Uh, they just brought in a really good transfer. Yes, they did. And unfortunately, his name escapes me. Let, uh, Murray. Petway. Petway. What's his first name? Starts with an L. Yeah, Petway. Anyways, uh, yeah. we know who you mean from Arkansas. He's their leading receiver. I think the tight end and him had the same number of catches, uh, but Petway had more yards from scrimmage anyways. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, I mean, you know, the thing about you know Matt Campbell's program now is he, he doesn't have gaping holes on his roster. And when he loses somebody like a David Montgomery, he has somebody mm-hmm. to take up that spot. And if you're going to be a consistently good program year in and year out, you have to be able to do that. So if it's not one of those two teams in that championship game, you know, my money's on Iowa State at this point. I think they're the best equipped to do it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the, well, okay. I was TCU maybe? 
Maybe. Who, yeah, who would be the Baylor? next after Iowa State? Baylor with Charlie Brewer? Because around here, as you can imagine, you know, we've we've talked ourselves into Iowa State. Who's fourth yeah. then on the list? <laughs> LaMichael is you know, his first name. Petway, anyway. Yeah, La, yeah LaMichael. TCU, uh, I think it's all about the quarterback. They're going to be fine defensively. Yeah. That's what they do. Sure. That's what Gary Patterson is great at. It's all about what they can find at quarterback because they have good pieces at running back. They've got good pieces at offensive line. They've got good guys coming back at wide receiver. They've got to figure out the quarterback situation. As for Baylor, I, I like what they have on offense. I'm just not sure what they have on defense. I was at the West Virginia game last year, and they got drilled defensively. Um, hmm. You know, Brewers got really good tools around them. They've got a really good offensive line. They got to figure out what they're doing on defense. If their defense gets better this year, I give them a, a shot to maybe screw some things up for a team like an Iowa State or a Texas or an Oklahoma. But that's where their problem is. You know, so it's it's interesting. TCU's question marks are all really on the offensive side. Baylor's question marks are really all on the defensive side. Hmm. What about K State? First year without Snyder, we saw the last time he left. It didn't go well. Um, what what do you expect? <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing. You know, Chris Kleeman has experience yeah. in succeeding a guy who has been highly successful. He succeeded Craig Bull at mm-hmm. North Dakota State. Craig Bull won. And they didn't miss a beat. There in a row. And they didn't miss a beat, and he won four. So he has experience in this kind of a situation. Uh, I don't think they were nearly as talented last year as they had been you know, the previous two or three years under Bill Snyder, and, and that's going to be the biggest problem. How quickly can he replenish the talent there at Kansas State? You know, And even still, even though they weren't that talented, they still finished 5-7. and seven. So they were one game away from a bowl game. So if they got to a bowl game this year, I think I would be very happy if I were a Wildcat fan, and I would be very hopeful for what's coming down the line. But, you know, Kleeman's a very good coach. He, he runs a very good program. He, he understands what his team's identity is. And, you know, once he finds the right guys, I could see them being right back in the mix in this conference in year two or year three. Well, I know earlier this week they found a running back from North Carolina. Uh, Brown is his last name. His first name escapes me, but he was a decent player. I saw, I read the, uh, I read the release on him, uh, when they, when he decided to go to K State and he's eligible immediately. I think he was a four star recruit. So at one time he was highly thought of, but, uh, anyways, we're out of time, Matt Postens. Thank you for what you do for us. We'll talk to you in the weeks to come. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Matt Postens. Heartland College Sports. Uh, Emery Songer's next. I want to, you know what I watched last night? Finally. Finally, Game of Thrones. No. Felipe Lopez. What do you think? It was tremendous. Really enjoyable. It was so good, Trent. Such a great story. Such a great human being. Boy, that's good. Uh, We will uh, talk to Emery Songer next. Miller and Condon here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.